This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, fam. Welcome to another episode of Making Shift Happen, and today I am so excited to have today's guest. Kate Sloviova, or Solo for short. She's a life coach with over 10 years of experience, having worked with a thousand plus clients and having mentored 200 plus coaches over those years. She's also a director of community engagement and a master coach for precision nutrition. Her academic background includes undergraduate and graduate degrees in psychology, focusing on health, resilience, and trauma. She is a writer, endurance racer, and a mom. And I want to go ahead and add that she's just an absolute badass of a human. She is hands down one of the best coaches I personally have ever worked with. And she's also a phenomenal hugger. (laughs) Seriously, hands down one of the best huggers that I've ever met in my entire life. So I wanted to go ahead and introduce you all to the magic and the brightness of Solo. So welcome, Kate. I am so happy to have you on today. Thank you. Amazing. Let's have some fun. That's what you said in the beginning. I think that's yeah. that this is what it's going to be. Yeah, no, it's going to be total fun. So what does seasonality mean to you? And does it vary from periodization or are they kind of one and the same? Well, I think when we talk about seasonality, we're talking about this concept that refers to like how seasonal you are, how impacted by the season's someone is. And there are instruments and surveys that can assess this, like in psychological research, there are like seasonal pattern questionnaires that are usually used for folks to determine the likelihood of um, like something like seasonal affective disorder, for example, like for folks that really go into the slump into into the winter months. And uh, the way they would assess how seasonal someone is is by really looking at things like energy level, amount of sleep, appetite, uh, food intake, how much we socialize, and how those things vary from season to season. And usually the way I think about it is it's not about whether or not we are seasonal, it's about how seasonal we are, because we know that humans as a species are impacted by fluctuations in light and in temperature. Uh, But we also know that just because things fluctuate, we are not necessarily going to be impacted by those fluctuations. So similarly, uh, you know, if you work uh, with uh, women, right, like so some women will be heavily impacted by their menstrual cycle and you will have them plan around those energy fluctuations quite heavily. Like we might be supporting clients to specifically periodize their maybe protein, maybe being a little bit more intentional with their carb intake around their cycle. Maybe even their training program is going to be periodized around their cycle. At the same time, there will be women, and I'm one of those women that has never been particularly impacted by my menstrual cycle. So to me, it doesn't really matter. Like I don't periodize my life based on that particular pattern. Uh, But when it comes to seasons, uh, I'm quite heavily influenced by it. So it's really kind of coming back to like, what is the individual approach? If this thing is impacting me a lot, then let's go and plan for it. 
and just being open, I think, to what are the signals that your body's giving you, you know, like what are, what are, how do you respond to things? Like for me, my period does affect me. Um, and I know the listeners know that if they've been listening to me for a little while, my period does affect me usually one to two days a month. So fortunately not all week, it's usually just a couple days a month, but still I actually have to look at my racing calendar and plan out like, oh, when is it going to be, you know, oh, it's after my period. Perfect. You know, because if it's the couple of days leading up to my period, it's just not going to be ideal for me. And I'm glad you did bring up, you know, seasonal affective disorder because it's getting ready to be October. It's that time of year, kind of like what we were talking about before we hit record. And all too often I see and hear about folks just getting down in the doldrums, especially if they're not a winter sports athlete. So you did make a hint that you experienced that as well. And I know I can commiserate and I experienced that as well. Did you want to kind of talk about that a little bit more? Like what does that look and feel like for you and or others when the seasons do impact them? Yeah. So, um, for me, I first realized that I was impacted by the seasons probably over 10 years ago. And this is not something that I have always experienced. So I remember like growing up, I grew up in Russia. I grew up in Siberia. We had very clear, clearly delineated seasons and, uh, there was never really a particular, you know, it was cold in the winter. So we did cold things in the winter. Uh, but there was something really particular, I think, about moving to Canada when I was a teenager, because even though we do have clear seasons in Ontario, where I'm based, it's actually uh, a very different feeling climate. Like it's uh, the cold is more humid. There's actually significantly less sun. I'm thinking of winter where I'm from, where it's just really cold and really snowy and really sunny, which is actually lovely weather. Like if you're yeah. dressed appropriately, just get out and have fun. Where I remember being very traumatized when I realized there was not going to be snow on a particular Christmas, mm-hmm. like around New Year's, it was just gray slush and it was raining. And I had this feeling of something being really, really wrong on the organic basis by having rain on, you know, like December 31st or something Mm -hmm. like that. So, and I still feel that quite challenging because it's significantly more difficult to predict the weather I find where I'm now based, where like December, I, it, it could be lovely and warm and there could be yellow leaves on the ground still, or it could be four feet of snow or it could be gray slush and like literally anything in between and they will kind of change back and forth. Um, And I think also just being indoors significantly more has contributed to it. So coincidentally, my first like really bad winter uh, has coincided with me getting this dream job where I could work from anywhere and work from home and actually not get out of the house key words being not get out of a house. So I didn't get out of a house for that entire winter, like that first winter that I got that job. And it was a really bad winter. And I wonder if those two things were connected. Um, And after a couple of years of that, I think still not really being super aware of those fluctuations, uh, my therapist pointed out to me that I always come see her in October, November, and then I disappear in April. (laughs) No, she's like, yeah, I have my records right here. Like, did you, did you not realize that? I'm like, no. So that's, I think that really just 
started me in that direction of considering that it was the seasons after which I probably spent a couple of years being in denial and uh, in the I hate this winter thing mode. And then another couple of years in a kitchen sink mode, trying to like try every single thing under the sun and no sun to try and quote unquote fix it. Um, because it turned out the winter would come no matter what, no matter what I did. Um, yeah, here we are. It's more than a decade later. And I think like in the last couple of years, I feel like I'm just finally finding some sort of a groove um, when it comes to, you know, managing winter, if you, if you will. Yeah, nice. I know you keywords working from home. And yeah, it makes such a big difference. And, and I apologize to listeners who maybe don't have the opportunity to work from home and have that flexibility. Uh, but for those of us that, that do have the flexibility, I've been working from home for example, for, oh my God, 12 years-ish, something like that. So even when I was doing research before, I was still working from home. But definitely, like, I've felt the difference, especially, you know, since quarantine and things like that, just because that shifted the schedule around a lot. And then you're like, oh, wait, how long has it been since I've taken a shower? And just, like, basic human needs that I know it sounds so silly, but I'm sure other people who are listening can relate to some degree, but just, like, oh, you know, I should probably wash my hair today. <laughs> you know, getting under a running water might make me feel better and <laughs> maybe not like such a, such a uh, uh, soiled ass, <laughs> you know, like I'll yeah. actually feel better. And, and getting outside, you made such a key point of just getting outside, changing your environment and doing kind of what you've noticed works for you. Now, of course, will that work for everyone? Maybe not, but I will say like from my experience, personal experience, I can definitely say that I noticed a big difference with that as does countless other clients. Like they've also noticed a huge difference with that as well, with just like realizing that, you know, they also need to, to do that as well. And, you know, and I think just kind of being aware of, of what that is, is so important. And, and the awareness can play such a key role with this, you know? So what are... What are some, some signals, you know, for some people? So I noticed, I, I know that you said something about um, talking about like how you realized you didn't get outside and how you did reach out to your therapist seasonally. You know, what are some other things that you've kind of noticed over the years? Any other signs and signals that you've kind of noticed when it comes well, to you seasonally? Were sharing, you were sharing that earlier that you were quite impacted by your menstrual cycle and one to two days of the month, you really feel it. Right. And I, um, one of the things that I was kind of reflecting on as I was listening was the fact that, that what were the signals that my body was sending me? And I mean, this might sound a little dramatic, but it, it felt like every year my body was sending me signals like we're going to die. Right. Like we're, we're, we're going into the shutdown mode where I just wanted to, just dissolve into a puddle underneath my couch. And the, the scariest thing of that for me was that we're talking about, um, we're talking about a pattern. We're talking about a fluctuation that is five months in length, right? Like it's not two days out of a month. It's five months out of the year. And it truly felt like awful. it sounds 
awful. And it's just, it, it was such a helpless feeling too, because I truly felt like I was like living half a life. I was living, you know, five or six months out of every year. And I remember describing this, um, to a coach once where it just like, how do I know this is impacting me? It's that I know I'm doing well if I'm myself. And I mm-hmm. felt like for five months out of the year, I would lose myself and mm-hmm. I would start acting like somebody who wasn't me. And it wasn't somebody that I liked very much. Uh, so it really just felt like me would pack up and leave somewhere for five months out of the year. And I would be in this like long-term, like long distance relationship with her. And I would miss Mm -hmm. her dearly. Like I would write her letters, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but she wouldn't come back until May. And then in May, she would like burst through the doors (laughs) and we would be reunited and we would just bounce together through like the spring and summer and fall. And then come October around Halloween, she would pack up and leave again. And it was this like (laughs) most heartbreaking just like fucked up relationship right Right. like yeah can you just stay I want you to stay she went to Siberia where the winter is (laughs) better (laughs) where you have sun (laughs) dang yeah no that I think that's so relatable because you know even my wife and I we had an awful winter this past winter and both of us were just like what the fuck was that like we, I, I swear, like when February, March start to kind of roll around, because here in Denver, it is a sunny winter. Like we do have a sunny winter. If we get a crap ton of snow here, the sun comes out and shines and melts it all, like hopefully in like the next two to three days. But sometimes it doesn't happen that way. And sometimes, you know, the sun doesn't show. And it, we had just an onslaught of gray days and we weren't used to that. And a lot of us, you can even notice it a lot with folks here in Denver, because we all just start to kind of look blue after a few days, (laughs) even during the summer. If we have like a couple of gray days, you know, God forbid we have a couple of gray days in a row, we're all melting because we're just like, what is this crap? Like we're not used to it. You know, it kind of feels like the PNW or Pacific Northwest rather. And we just don't know how to respond, but then we become moody. I notice, like to your point, I become moodier. I get more irate at other drivers. I don't know about you, but like, get me out of the house. I get like just so much more angry (laughs) for no apparent reason other than the fact that I'm just not, I don't have sun shining on my skin. So, okay. It's nice to know that there are other people in my realm that also feel these things. I do. I, I do feel, I do feel like awful for you. Don't get me wrong, Kate, but like also, you know, it's kind of like a, oh, Okay. It's not just me, you know, and, and someone besides my therapist telling me, telling me these things. So. Well, you were saying like, this is like, there would be a couple of great days and we're just not used to it. So we would all yeah. be impacted by it. And I think maybe that's partially what was a big thing for me, because whenever we would get this one bright, cold day full of snow and sun in December, I remember I would just bounce through and point out to fellow Canadians. I would say, this is what winter is supposed to look like. Y'all don't understand. This is winter, not the, not what we're getting the rest of like the four and a half months, right? It's, oh, it's this it's supposed to be like this. And I think also just even you observing how it can change your personality. And I mean, I know that for myself, and I hear this from clients as well. 
it's not just you, it impacts yeah. everybody. Even yeah. like my spouse is not really impacted by the seasons. He likes the cold, like he doesn't mind. Um, and at the same time, he's very impacted by seasons now because he's married to me, right? And <laughs> I've become just more irritable and just more like sad and gloomy. And I'm not a sad and gloomy person, right? Mm. So he would, um, there were years when he would actually like dress me and physically bring me to the door. So I would go to the gym, right? Like it's like, okay, like, what do you need me to do? Like he would go and start the car for me. So Mm. it would be warm for me to get in and Jen I kid you not I would take a hot shower before I left the house because that would be the only way I would like wrap my head around leaving the house I would just need to warm up first right yeah yeah like backwards thing yeah see to me that doesn't seem backwards at all though that makes sense you have to kind of do what you need you know do what your body needs and that's what we're talking about today um so yeah how now when it comes to seasonality how can this be applied to your overall life and training like for you because you know that winter months these five months out of the year that are completely just full of dullness and cold and gray like how do you change your training or and your life around that like what do you do a little bit differently that's a great question and you were earlier um you were earlier asking about seasonality versus periodization. And I think that's where we can really kind of get into that because I think of um, seasonality with the fluctuation of the seasons, the pattern of the seasons, it is in a way something that is uh, done to you, right? It's externally, uh, externally imposed. Uh, yes. If you're somewhere <laughs> with seasons, uh, I think of periodization as something that we can apply to something ourselves because we can then periodize our training. We can then periodize our nutrition around seasons or around races or around even just like seasons of life or just more busy periods. So I'm a runner, I'm a trail runner. So there is that like race season, on season, off season, uh, where in the spring, summer, like the running goes up and you are outside more and I want to be outside more. And I found that in the winter, it's almost like there are a couple of ways to go about it because on one hand I would go with my own inclination and I'd say, okay, it's getting dark. It's getting cold. I don't want to run as much. And I would go fully indoors. Like I would just shift the strength workouts. I would be at the gym. I would go back to the barbell. I would start incorporating hot yoga, which just you know feels so nice in December and so stupid in July. Uh, so <laughs> it's just like finding a combination of movement that works. But at the same time, um, I found that I also had to be careful to not go completely indoors because then what I would be doing is perpetuating the like the pattern that is already there. Like one of the big things why we're starting to experience those changes is because we are exposed to less light. So if yeah. I am now kind of going with it, there is less light and therefore I'm going to go outside even less then what happens is then I get even less light and then I go out even less and then I get even less light and it creates this downward spiral, which is so fascinating. It's winter is what happens. Winter is part of the pattern, but it's winter just kicks off a whole bunch of dominoes 
And then it's actually the dominoes that do the rest, right? Like, yes, the days are darker, but I'm now socializing less. I'm now running less. And then those changes in turn would actually exaggerate the effect that the winter was having, right? Mm -hmm. and, and there's that downward spiral. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And it's such a good perspective just to remind yourself, you know, like, hey, winter is happening to you. It's happening to all of us here in the Northern Hemisphere at the same time. But like, how do you specifically need to kind of change your training around, which is so good. I know before we hit re record, you also asked me, you know, Jen, do you bike year round? And the answer is complex here in Denver um, because like some years, yeah, sometimes I do get out. And then sometimes I don't. And I do notice that the years that I can get out during the winter, get under the sun and just spend time with friends on bikes, I am infinitely happier. And just, I feel more like me, you know, I'm not that, that asshole that's maybe yelling at a car that I don't know <laughs> on the way to the gym. Uh, but I'm working on it, friends. I'm working. Well, and I think it's that, like, I feel like me piece yeah. again, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, how, how do we know we're doing well, right? Yeah. It's like when we feel like ourselves and how do we know we're not feeling well when we don't feel like ourselves and we're just like, there's that distance being created between who we know ourselves to be and who yeah. we're behaving as, right? Like you sort of, you know, I know I would snap at like at a poor cashier sometimes and like immediately you have this just like shame and regret. And then you're sort of thinking like, oh, that's not me. Like that's, yeah. that's not me. Like that's not me at all. No. So I just really think of, you know, because we're really thinking patterns here. And if something is a pattern, then we can predict the next element in the pattern. Mm -hmm. And if we can predict something, we can prepare for it. Like, and I'm thinking like my kid is getting these little exercises from school. It's the identify the next element in the pattern, right? So it's a square, square, triangle, square, square, yeah. triangle, right? So yeah. if it's a recurring pattern, then the whole point is that you know what's coming next. But with something like, like seasonal affective disorder with winter, uh, we know what the pattern is, but instead of predicting what comes next, we go, la, 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 right? Like, so, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's November and we're like really sad. And then yeah. it's too late because we don't have energy for anything. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're already in the hole. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you're already in the hole. Like, this, this is like trying to, you know, like you're in the middle of a long race and you don't fuel and then you're too mm -hmm. far in the hole. Right? Like yeah. to actually dig yourself out, it takes that much longer if it's even possible. So now mm -hmm. I do these, you know, PSAs in August. Take your vitamin D. <laughs> I yeah, will I see that, that asshole. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's so funny because it's just so annoying and so true at the same time. Because I think it's much easier to wrap our heads around, like, hey, let's take our vitamin D. One of the big things, like, was my big takeaway with pla planning for winter was to actually pick a couple of months in the summer, usually late summer, like July or August, and mm -hmm. book winter trips then. Yeah. Because you have the energy and then you create anticipation and you have this planned getaway where in the past what I would do, I was like, who's planning trips for December and June? Are you kidding? Get out of here. Like I'm enjoying June. 
And then November would come, December would come. By January, I was so desperate. I would say, screw it and just buy tickets somewhere the next day, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, which not the most practical thing to do most of the time. And especially now with young kids, I just can't do that. But also I just found it to be uh, less helpful to be reactive. Because then I would say, I'm desperate. I can't stand this anymore. I just need to leave rather than, you know what? I know I get sad in the winter. So why don't I plan for something in August or November? So important question. Did you plan for your your trip so far this year for the winter? Where where are you going to go? Do you want to disclose? Oh, I'm going to be in uh, India in December (gasps) and I'm going to be in Mexico in February. Oh, where in India? I'm flying into Mumbai. Okay, I've never been, legit have never been, and it's kind of on my list of places to explore and visit. So what's your draw there? Like what are you what are you planning on doing? This particular trip is going to be a pretty short one, so I'm probably just going to hang out on the beach and do like a winter thing. Uh nice. this is where I hang out on the beach, but I've been to India before. And the first time I went, I was there for six months uh, and the big draw was uh, yoga at the time. I remember Uh, this. Yeah. yeah, So I studied yoga and then I joined the mountaineering expedition in the Himalayas uh, on a whim, even though I've never been in the mountains ever. And I did not know what uh, crampons were. Uh, Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And then Mexico, you said in February. Awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's pretty inspirational. I think that's a really good idea, especially if you have the means to do it, you know, for sure. And you have the ability to do it. Might have to bring that up with uh, with my better half and just be like, hey, you know, what do you think? Because I will say the one year we did go to Mexico, I think it was like November. Um, it felt really good, actually. So it was still the early yeah. part of winter. But then awesome. we just were kind of high on that beach vacation for a little while afterwards. 100%. Well, and I think you've you've brought up, uh, you know, ability to do so because uh, ability to do this comes with an incredible amount of privilege for sure. At the same time, I think that there are certain trade-offs because I know that, um, so I've essentially stopped traveling completely uh, Mm -hmm. between May and November for a couple of reasons. One, it's perfectly nice where I am. So I actually want to be where I am for once. Um, But also for just very practical reasons, because we know that uh, two things are always going to be limited, time and money. But it's just in terms of vacation time, in terms of your budget, and where many families and many people do try and vacation during the summer, like that's when summer vacations are and trips are we very intentionally shift all of that to winter. So we don't go away during the spring, summer. And instead we very intentionally plan for that in the colder months. And I sort of like when you said November felt very good to go away. It's like everybody has a solar battery, right? Like, and, and for some people, where like you, you you might notice by the time February rolls around, everyone's sick of winter. God, like yeah. everybody. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, for the seasonal affective girlies, they've been <laughs> they've been there since October, right? Like my battery <laughs> runs out by November fifteenth, mm-hmm. um, where other people catch up by end of February. So yeah. if you have something like a trip booked in November, December the way I see it and the way it really impacts me personally, it's almost like I recharge my battery as it runs out and I buy myself another 
month, another couple of months of like that mm-hmm. bouncing energy, right? And then mm-hmm. it starts dropping again and that can like sort of sun recharge it again. Uh, and that it's kind of a more practical alternative to, well, really packing up and leaving for the winter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> like let's take everyone, including the kids away for six months. Oh, we're just going to uplift their schooling and everything yes. like that. Like that would just, that makes me anxious just even thinking about it. Um, now is there a way I'm curious to know if you're being a little too lax with progressing when, when you're applying seasonality to your training and just life in general, like what's kind of that, what's the way that you kind of balance it all? Cause you're not going too easy. Yeah. I don't think seasonality is necessarily for me about going too easy Uh, And we've talked a little bit about like, do I feel like myself? Am I still feeling like myself? Because if I stop feeling that, then I know like I'm not adjusting well. Mm -hmm. But what I actually do is I shift the way I think about habits and goals during the winter uh, away from want. Normally, I'm actually quite driven on want and fun, and joy, and I can ask myself those questions, like, well, are you still having fun? Like, do you want to do it? Does this race sound exciting? And I found over and over again that I can't rely on those questions in the fall and winter, because it's tricky asking yourself, well, do I want to do this workout? Because I don't want to do anything. (laughs) I don't want to do this workout. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to make breakfast. I don't want to dress my kids. Like I don't want to do anything. So it's just not a a good question to ask. In the spring, summer, I can perfectly well ask myself that question because I can say, hey, do we want to go for a run? No, let's do strength today. And (laughs) there is much more want in the Mm -hmm. spring and summer. But because I'm so like, sad and droopy in the fall winter what I find more helpful well helpful it's I shift it to is it helpful that's Mm. my question and that's my frame so it's not do I want to go to the gym but more if I did go to the gym today would it be helpful if I went outside for a walk today would it be helpful And if the answer is yes, then I should do it because it would be helpful. Mind blown, Kate. I love that little shift. And you know, our words have such power. And even just like shifting the perspective and just how you approach things can be so important. I know I've talked about this on past episodes and, you know, about about the uh, get to versus want to or whatever it is or have to versus get to you know, type Absolutely. of mentality. And I like this, I like this shift. I'm going to use that myself. So well, you notice how it's so interesting that that shift can be in this particular case, seasonal, yeah, right? Where 100%. it's the question of, you know, it's like, well, but I don't want to do that. It's like, but you don't want to do anything. So what does yeah. it matter if <laughs> yeah. you don't want to do it? So don't want, it's fine. Like wanting is not required, which you notice it's starting to bring like those little overtones of hard ass in it. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to want to, you have to just freaking do it. And that is often the shift that I have to resort to yeah. uh, in the fall winter, because again, otherwise I just wouldn't leave the house. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, I, I have to do it in order to. Yeah. 
No, that makes total sense. And kind of like to reiterate what you said a few minutes ago about yoga, like hot yoga during the winter months versus summer. I couldn't help. All right. I, I'll admit I had to stifle a laugh. I may have actually laughed out loud. I might have <laughs> I muted myself at that point. But I've personally never done hot yoga because to me, that sounds like torture on earth because I'm already hot. I am a little radiator. Like I'm very warm anyways, even during the winter. To me, it sounds awful, but you brought up a great point because maybe it's just a sport or not a sport, but it's something I need to try during the winter months, you know, because who, to me, I, I don't want to say this out loud, but I will go ahead and say it out loud. Like who in the right mind wants to do hot yoga during the summer months? <laughs> Usually all of my friends. So I know a lot of you who are listening to hot yoga during the summer months, but I can't help but laugh about it. Um, but yeah, like even to that point, you know, just saying like, hey, would it actually be helpful for me to maybe go and try hot yoga during the winter just to get out, be in community with people because that is very important to me and refills me. And, and even though it's not necessarily a solar activity, it helps with my solar battery that you talked about, you know, just yeah. being in community with people um, and letting their their sun shine on me, you know, and and that could be something that could get me to try hot yoga. So well, thanks for that, the Kate. Baselines, <laughs> the baselines are going to be so much lower, right? When we are adjusting for our own energy levels, like, and yeah. we have to work with the dynamic baselines. Uh, there have been days, like, so I would go and shift my workouts to a CrossFit gym in the winter. And I remember like there were days in the evening, I would go for the evening workout and I would check the schedule and I would look at what their classes were. There was a 5 PM class and a 6 PM and a 7:30, and the 7:30 was the last class of the day. And I would promise myself that I would go in for a five and then the five would come and go. And that promised that I would go for the six yeah. and then I, the six would come and go. And then I knew that seven 30 was like the moment of truth, right? Because you either make it in or you don't. And that mm -hmm. is the last workout of the day. But I remember looking up the wad for the day, thinking to myself, if it's cleans, I'm not going. Because I just remember thinking, because like cleans, I would struggle with cleans. My shoulder hated the cleans. Cleans were, were hard. And I just had this very objective realization where it's like, I can't fail in this way today. I just can't handle it. And then I would look up the wad and they were doing squats. I'm like, okay, I can handle squats. Like I can go and I can do squats. But also there were days when I, I can just visualize that day where I didn't make it to the gym because I couldn't find my socks. And that was enough. Like it was yeah. just one spoonful of suffering too many. And I was like, yeah. I get it. Like there, there are no socks. I'm just. Wave the white I'm, flag. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> this, is it. this is what's going to become the end of me today. It's like, no, no. That's yeah. enough. No, I can relate to that. Cause I know for me, usually when it comes to like biking, right. If I have too much shit to get together and all this crap I have to get together. Nope. It's just too yeah. much. It's too much. Yeah. Like, cause I know that that's going to take 15 minutes that I don't have because yes. I've already waited until the end of my day after my last clients to get my crap together. And <laughs> it's just too late. Like that ship has sailed. And so now I've gotten to the point where I recognize like, okay, all right, Jen, the day before, <laughs> like if it's already on your calendar that night before, take the 10 minutes. Cause it always actually takes less time if you do it the night before, I've noticed. If you prep the yes. night before, it takes less time than the, than the day that you actually do it. But um, I'll prep the night well, before how, and just get through that times, that way. 
How many times have you done this for yourself and helped clients make that realization that the morning starts the night before? Like we know that, right? Like morning starts the night before. And when we talk about seasonality, it's just a longer term. Like, you know, winter starts in the summer, sort of. Right. Like this is when we have the energy and foresight to plan for. So it's really the same thing. It's like, you know, our planning for winter is just planning for the morning time the night before. I dig it. I dig it. I like it. I'm I'm gonna steal that and take that forward. (laughs) Don't worry, I'll give you credit. I'll give you credit. Um so what do you what do you do when the internal voice that maybe you have tells you or starts to kind of nag at you, like, hey. Should you be doing more? You know, like, am I not running enough? Am I not doing this? Is what I'm doing not enough? Like, what do you usually tell yourself in terms of like maybe a little bit of self-love or something? Um, If the voice in my head starts saying you should be doing more or you're not doing enough, I ask the voice, is that true? Mm. Yeah. And sometimes it is true. And then I have to own up. Mm-hmm. Should I be doing enough? Should, should I be doing more? Yeah, sometimes I should be doing more. Uh, a few weeks ago, I found myself skipping workouts. Mm-hmm. There would be one day. I know that there's a little warning flag when I don't work out on a Monday. Like I, I hate skipping workouts on a Monday. It just feels mm-hmm. like the entire week just is off to like a bad start. <laughs> and then I would skip a workout on a Monday and I would feel so just demoralized by it. Then Tuesday would mm-hmm. come around. I was like, ah. Eh. I don't know. And that yep. would skip work out on a Tuesday. And then by Wednesday, it's like, okay, like what, what, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. really? So in that particular instance, yes, I should have been doing more. But the trick is, is that in order to do more of something, we mm-hmm. often have to do less of something else. Mm-hmm. So it's really just a flip side. Like, Should you be doing more? Yes, you should be doing more. Great. So what are you going to do less of? Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise, that's exactly it. Like we're Mm. like, we're not going to pull time out of thin air. Uh, So (laughs) it would be nice. My day would be 49 hours. I know, right? Right? Of sun, 49 hours of sun. (laughs) Adding things to your plate, like just without taking anything off your plate is yeah. just a recipe for burnout. Now there's this pile of food. You're going to drop it, slip on it, land yep. on your face. Like, yep. Yeah. Game over. No, I'm glad you mentioned burnout too. Cause I actually talked about that with a, a psychologist that I had on a sports psychologist that I had on a few episodes ago. And, and, you know, for her, the perspective during our conversation was just really trying to differentiate between burnout and depression, because sometimes they can be very mm. real and, and overlap, you know, and, and just kind of talking about that a little bit more, just so people can discern, especially as the winter months come, because this is a very important conversation for, I feel like a lot of us to have right now, because a lot of us are w- not winter athletes. Now, of course, I know some of my listeners are, you crazy little fuckers who do like <laughs> these these wild backcountry lines, and you know who oh you are. God. I know. And they're, they're of course, the, the, so I will go ahead and say, Kate, my friends who do this, this, these crazy and wild things. Uh, I don't want to call them crazy, but they're wild. They're very adventurous things in the backcountry, right? Do they usually have winter, uh, you know, seasonal affective disorder? No. That's one thing I have noticed is because they have something to do that's very outdoor intensive, gets them out in the sun, because fortunately we do have adequate sun here in Colorado, 
But that is something I have noticed in my friend group and athlete group is, you know, the folks that do cross country skiing or alpine skiing or even just snowshoeing or do backcountry skiing or snowboarding, like they they just have a little bit more vibrancy and a little bit more of that that umph. So I think it's because their solar battery, you know, to use your words, it gets refilled very often and they actually enjoy the winter months. Um well, you notice but, it's a bit of a chicken and egg, right? Because yeah. it's, it's the correlation, not causation here, I think, in this yeah. case. Because are they skiing? Um, like, do they not have seasonal affective disorder because they're skiing? Or are yeah. they skiing because they don't have seasonal affective disorder? Maybe <laughs> yeah. I'd be skiing too. Uh, <laughs> if I had the damn energy and my solar battery was recharged. <laughs> but I also, like, and, and that's me being a little bit tongue-in-cheek, right? Like, yeah. Because, again, like, every single person who I think has struggled with seasonal affective disorder also kind of like faces the the well-wishers of you know well it's just the gear if you just dress properly right or it's like well have you tried finding a winter hobby have you tried taking vitamin d right and at some point like and i think that that's true probably for everyone that struggled with any chronic condition where it's like yes thank you sherlock i (laughs) this is the one the vitamin d is going to save my life and i really have no consider that until you just let it now it's gonna be that one supplement (laughs) it's gonna be that one thing that's gonna save me Um, but I think to go back for a second to that conversation we had about like what if that inner voice says like should I be doing more and I was saying like I asked the voice is that true and sometimes Mm -hmm. it is and sometimes it's not I do want to call out that this approach imply um quite a bit of self-awareness and I think that for many of us like I know I very often don't have that self-awareness especially in the winter right because again like you are a little bit out of touch with Mm -hmm. reality and one very indicative exchange with my own coach and I very often work with a coach of my own uh, drinking my own kool-aid I remember having this like coaching session uh, with her and really just feeling incredibly discouraged. And I said, like, I was questioning, Jen, I was questioning everything. Like I, it was one of those sessions, like very existential. I was like, I, you know, I don't even know if I'm helping anybody. Like, is this like, what is the point to to any of this? Like I should just close everything down, burn everything down. And she, she was just kind of nodding, right? Like she was (laughs) nodding along. And then she leaned in and she said, Yes, Kate. Um, yeah, but I have to remind you, it is February. <laughs> and I looked at her and I burst out laughing <laughs> because I have this little life crisis every February. Yeah. Right? And it's not that I didn't objectively know that it was February. Like I did in my head. Yeah. But I still forget every freaking February where it's like, I question my life. I question my purpose. I question my business. I question my marriage. Like, why did I marry this person? Like, why would I decide to have children? Like, why? Like, right? Like, it's just these, like, big questions where they seem so real. And then having... The, like the third neutral, thank goodness for coaches party. Mm-hmm. Say, uh, excuse me, would you mind if I just called out this pattern that you keep repeating yeah. every freaking February? Yeah. Right? And all of a sudden the light bulb goes on. You're like, oh shit, of course, it's February. It all mm-hmm. makes sense. So my point being, sometimes it's where a coach can come in 
to ask you that question. Like, is it true? Are you doing enough? Are you sure you're doing enough? Maybe you could be doing more. Maybe you could be doing less. Which one is it? Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. And please know my laughing was more in solidarity <laughs> and not at you because I also, for me, it's January. It starts yeah. to kind of trickle in somewhere between January and March. It fluctuates again based on the winter because we have a weird winter here in Denver. Some winters, very snowy, very gray. Some winters, very sunny, you know, but it's so relatable because I also have those existential, you know, crises, like those questions that I'm just like, oh my gosh, am I, I even start to have like imposter syndrome, you know, Mm -hmm. am I a good coach? Am I good at, am I actually good at what I'm doing? Like, what's going on? (laughs) And should I be doing this? Should I maybe just go back into corporate? Like it's, and it's scary to have those thoughts because this is something that, you know, I can probably speak for you too. Like we've put our blood, sweat and tears, literal tears into this and we love what we do, but man, sometimes it's just hard when your solar battery is at an all time low and needs to be recharged and you need to go to Mexico or someplace maybe. And what a relief, like what a relief to all that out as part of the pattern, because the alternative is like, no, oh my goodness, like I don't, I'm not contributing to society. I'm not a useful member of society. What is the point of it all? Right. Like where like calling out the pattern can almost like help me discount my own thoughts Mm -hmm. and a big piece of coaching, like what we do for clients, what our coaches do for us is kind of help us grasp the reality a little bit more where we can differentiate between our own stories in our heads and what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is actually true? (sighs) This is a good one. This is a very good one. So curious, how do you, tend to make things fun, fun as fuck. Let's go ahead and just say it in your training and nutrition. Like what do, what do you maybe do and shift around just to add that element of fun? It sounds like you sometimes go to a CrossFit gym during the winter. So that might be a like, little bit of a change of pace from what you're used to, but what else do you usually do? Hot yoga? What else? Well, I would say to keep things fun and uh, fun as fuck, uh, I do two things. Yeah. So during spring and summer, I would usually set a biggish race related goal or like an event and then the event itself is fun and training doesn't have to be right because mm-hmm. I have a big goal like it doesn't matter if anyone has ever trained for a marathon like it's not particularly that exciting to go and run 20 miles for no good reason <laughs> on a random Sunday right yeah. but you know you want to show up to that finish line without an injury, having a good time, right? So the goal can be fun. And then the process is just a process that's going to get you there. When I'm in like off season in the fall and winter, that's where I'm usually not training for a race. And that's when what is fun can be completely random, like for absolutely no good reason. So like I'm toying with an idea of uh, rowing a half marathon on like a concept two rower, Ooh. which is like, I have no good reason to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I just seen it done once or twice on like maybe CrossFit open a few years mm-hmm. ago. I know they might've had like a, a full marathon row at CrossFit games, the most yeah. boring workout to watch, right? Yeah, like I, yes. there for four hours, <laughs> um, but something like that, because I, I don't necessarily have like the fitness to go and row half a marathon on a concept to tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So that gives me a little bit of a goal. It's like, Ooh, like I can 
start growing more in the months of like October, November, December, and maybe on January 1st. Oh God, I think I just came up with a goal. Oh my God. <laughs> You're welcome. Don't record it and show us the recording because it's just going to be boring as fuck. Well, maybe on January 1st, I go and I row half a marathon on concept to roar like an idiot. Um, so that would be one or another, uh, like I want to ride hundred kilometers on a bike. Like I'm not a cyclist. I could probably do that at some point. I'll probably get on a bike and try, yeah. you know, some smaller distances, something that is not within my skill set, yeah. something that is new to me, something that I can suck at something that I will suck at by definition, but then also experience the joy of beginner games, yeah. right? Like because I can improve so quickly on any one thing that I'm not familiar with just mm-hmm. because it's brand new. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's so much fun to improve. And mm-hmm. whatever your main sport is, if you've been doing it for a while, the improvements are so slow and incremental. And it's yeah. such a back and forth, like one step forward, two steps back process that it's just so awesome to do something completely new and just progress so quickly hell yeah so much fun um i also really like like just random nutritional experiments um you had a random one recently yeah well that actually did it a number of years ago because now i have children and my life is chaos uh (laughs) but that was one of those examples uh where my spouse and i we decided to only eat uh, within hundred mile radius of our house. So every single thing that we ate and drank had to come from within hundred miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, black pepper was not on that list, unfortunately. Well, I really coffee. coffee. Yeah. And coffee, you know, when I was reading through your email recapping it, I was like, Oh shit, that's right. Like coffee is definitely not no. grown within a hundred miles. <laughs> no, no. Of where you live in Canada. So yeah. no coffee, like no chocolate, no oh most God. things that we probably think of. Yeah. So that was a really fun, very hard, challenging, mm. uh, novel, but fun experiment when it comes to nutrition. These days, uh, the experiments are usually milder, but like this year, I'm cooking my way through an entire cookbook. And I've never done that before, right? Like it's like yeah. flip a page and you're like, well, I guess we're making black bean frittatas. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for a fart fest, folks. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Actually, that's a really good idea because now that I think about it, I have never cooked my way through an entire cookbook. I always usually skip certain recipes. Well, yeah. and it's interesting because it's I think even like in the fall winter, if we're talking about managing energy, there is a certain beauty on having a particular plan, whether it's training or nutrition, where mm-hmm. you take the consideration out, where spring, summer, we can play a bit more, yeah. like maybe like, I, I'll see what I feel like. Maybe I feel like a bike ride. Maybe I feel mm-hmm. like a run. Uh, in fall, winter, I know for me and folks that struggle as well, that can be a dangerous approach because kind of back mm-hmm. to, I don't want to do anything. So if I'm following like, hey, we're just going to cook our way through the cookbook. There is no picking. There is no choosing. It's flip a page and make the next recipe. 
And there mm-hmm. is no like back and forth. Like there is no extra energy wasted into the decision-making. Mm-hmm. And that can be really nice. Heck yeah. Well, especially on the shorter days. Because man, yeah. you know, once the sun sets, it's just like, oh my God, sun's setting at like 7 p.m. nowadays. At least here in Denver, you're like, oh, it was just 9 p.m. I feel like just a few weeks ago, like what is going on? And now it's it's like you almost feel like you have less bandwidth to make that decision, you know, and, and to to decide what the, what do you want to eat for dinner? Like, I don't know. What do you want to eat for dinner? Ah. And then it's just a cyclical thing, which can be very sticky and mm-hmm. very unappealing. Uh, all right. Well, awesome. I've loved chatting about kind of the, the concept of seasonality. Now, I know you also have a program and I want you to talk about this whole uh, bouncy tigger concept and this program that you have put in place and like why you developed it. I mean, obviously, I think we know why, but why, the what, the how and, and how people can learn a little bit more about it. Operation Tigger is my once a year group coaching program for folks that struggle with winter. And uh, I, uh, I really like calling things Operation Everything. So you will see like, I was pregnant. So it was uh, Operation Baby. And then the, the baby was born and now it's Operation Mummy. So and then I did Operation Free Hugs when I went downtown and gave out free hugs on my birthday. So this was uh, Operation Tigger. And how it came about was that just kind of based on what we've chatted so far today already, that in the winter, I would lose my Tigger. Because Tigger is my avatar. Like he's just my avatar animal in so many ways, just super bouncy and jumpy and extroverted and fun and adventurous and doesn't like think too hard about getting into the next adventure. Like I am Tigger through and through to like very every cell of my body. Mm-hmm. And in the winter, I would lose my Tigger and I would turn into Eeyore. And that is not my personality at all. So I wanted to kick off this program. And this was like four years ago now, I think that the first iteration of Operation Tigger took place where it was a program to help people keep bouncing through the winter to keep their Tigger through the winter. And I really just envisioned it as something like where we can like hold hands around the fire Uh together, right? And it's, uh, I made it long enough that we are like together through the entire winter uh, where (laughs) we kind of gather a few times a month and we talk about all the things that help in the winter and it covers uh, mindset, it covers nutrition and supplementation and uh, phototherapy, which are a big piece of managing seasonal affective disorder. We talk about movement and how to adjust movement to seasons. Uh, but we also look at mindfulness. Uh, this year, I'm bringing in uh, a guest speaker that teaches psychedelic breath work. So that's going to be Love completely it. off the hook. Yeah. Uh, we talk about just like mindful walking, like I'm going to be bringing mindful walks in. My um, graduate degree was actually in um, expressive writing. It was uh, like on psychology, health and the benefits of expressive writing. So we'll be doing some expressive writing in this program. Um, around the holiday time, we talk about boundaries and just managing food pushers and the holidays because that can be an incredibly stressful time. So there are some people that are going to be enrolling in Operation Tigger this year for the fourth year in a row. Oh, and wow. it just makes me so happy because it, it really just has become an integral 
part of winter self-care like yeah. for for them but like for me first probably first of all where i just consider this program to be like my third child i have two kids and i have operation ticker it's like i can die tomorrow and this is going to be one of the things that i'm incredibly proud of i love it well, how can folks learn about it? I am going to link in the show notes. So listeners, don't worry. Just check out the show yeah. notes. You can see that the link. But for those who are listeners and are audible, like more of the auditory type of people, where can they go to find out more? So to learn about Operation Tigger, we're kicking off in uh, early-ish November. Uh, so I would say just make sure to follow me on the socials where I will be talking my little heart out about it in the next uh few weeks, couple of months. Uh, so either find me on Instagram uh, or subscribe to my newsletter, Letters to Friends, which is a weekly letter uh, to my people. And you can subscribe on my website and the links to both will be in the show notes. Yeah. And I know folks, sometimes we're like a little bit more of a gatekeeper for our inboxes, but I will say like when I do make the time to just sit down and read Kate's emails, they're always so enjoyable and, you know, it's just a nice little glimmer of, of kind of her life and what's going on, but then also how it can be so applicable to you and, and what's going on with you at the moment. So thanks for that, Kate. I appreciate it. It's like a little, it's like a little email hug. I wish you all could experience Kate's hugs. Like seriously, hands down, Kate is like the best hugger, very close to like, if any of you know, like Sam Durding, uh, one of my friends, she's actually my bike wife. Um, she's also a very good hugger. She's very, her hugs are very reminiscent of yours. So you're, you're kind of tied, but not really like Kate still kind of takes the cake, but I was going to say careful. I'm very competitive. <laughs> I know you are. Next time <laughs> we see one another, you're going to squeeze me until my eyeballs come out. Introduce uh, me to this person. We're going yes, to hug you You're going to have to hug it out. I know. She's one of those, like you start to hug and it's like, you start to let go and you're like, oh, wait, she's still hugging. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and that's how you are as well, which is fantastic. Cause you're like, no, I can hold on a little bit longer. I can, do, I can do that. Well, friends, be sure check the show notes for those links. I'm going to share them with you all. And Kate, it's been so great having you on. If you have anything else that you'd like to add, now's your time to kind of chip in, dive in, share whatever you might have in terms of a little nugget. I think our nugget today that we came up with together, so I'm so grateful for this time, it's the it's preparing for winter in the summer, just like you prepare for your morning the night before. Oh my gosh. I think that was our takeaway. Yeah. Because even for me, I was thinking, God, why have I not thought of that before? You know, like it makes perfect sense, but sometimes it, it just takes, well, it takes talking to somebody and getting through it. And, and again, to your point, talking with another coach and being engaged with a coach it can make such a difference even if you are a coach. So thanks for being on here, Kate. I appreciate you. Uh, and hopefully we can talk about something else another time. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it. Lots of topics. Yeah. All right.